Hello and welcome back to my channel. Today we are discussing the story of the 11-year-old boy missing from Colorado Springs, Gannon Stouch. This case is incredibly heartbreaking and very disturbing. So viewer discretion is advised. This was incredibly hard for me to cover. Um, everything that I read, all the videos I saw were really upsetting. Um, so I just want to warn you that this is kind of a tough case to talk about, uh, especially as a mother, considering that I have two kids myself and um, we do have a blended family. And so the thought of the involvement of this child's stepmom just kind of makes me so sick. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and just dive right in. I have some overpriced Starbucks coffee because I ran out of K-Cups today. So grab some coffee. Let's just get right to it. To start off, we're going to talk about little Gannon. Um, he was born very premature. He was a micro preemie born at only one pound, six ounces. Doctors gave him a 10% chance of survival. And they said even if he did survive, he would probably be very challenged and have special needs, physical impairments, mental impairments. But he defeated all odds and became an actually very gifted, talented, kind, compassionate little boy. He was a fifth grader. Um, he loved Sonic the Hedgehog and he loved his sisters, Lena and Harley. Um, he loved playing with his friends in the neighborhood and he was very well liked. Like I said, just very compassionate, sweet, sweet boy. His mom, Landon Hyatt, actually lived in South Carolina while his dad and stepmom were living in Colorado Springs. Landon's biological dad, Albert, or otherwise known as Al, um, he is in the National Guard and they were stationed in Colorado Springs, but at the time of Gannon's disappearance, he was in Oklahoma receiving training for work. Leticia, otherwise known as T or Tisha, she was the child's stepmom and she actually met Albert while they were all living in South Carolina. Allegedly, Al and Landon were together, but Al cheated on Landon with Leticia, and they started a separate relationship, leaving Landon behind. So as I was digging into this story, I found some articles detailing Landon's struggle with parenthood and substance abuse. So back in 2016, Landon's mom wrote a statement and I'm just going to kind of pull some of the details from it because it is kind of long. Um, on Wednesday, October 19th of 2016, my daughter Landon Hyatt called and asked me to come get her and her two children, Gannon and Lena, because she could not take it anymore. So Landon's mom arrives and picks up her young daughter, Lena, and Gannon, and then her stepdaughter, Mia. So Landon, at this point, is remarried to Mike Hyatt, and Mike Hyatt had a daughter named Mia. Landon's mom has all three kids, and at this time, they were trying to de decide what to do with Mia before heading back home. Landon decided she did not want to leave that night, that she needed one more night with him so they could tell Mike goodbye and explain it to the children. Tammy tried to talk her out of it, but they ended up going back to the apartment because they didn't have anywhere else to take Mia. So when they got back to the apartment, Tammy had told me how bad the apartment looked and wanted to see where Gana and Lena were living. She ended up staying there for a little while, trying to talk Landon into coming back with her. 
Uh, they started to leave, but Mike came home. Mike got in her face and started telling her what a bad parent she had been and how she was never there for Landon. They created this big scene. Unfortunately, all of this was right in front of Gannon and Elena. So Gannon starts to get very upset. Landon is trying to ask Gannon if he would rather stay with his mom or his grandma. This makes Gannon very upset. So this issue just kind of shows you some of the adversity that Gannon had gone through throughout his childhood. Not only did he have a rough upbringing just being premature and having all these medical needs in the beginning of his life, but then he is in this kind of limbo or tug of war between a parent and his grandparents. So inevitably what ended up happening was Landon and Al decided to split custody. Al received the majority of the custody, so Gannon and Lena were going to be staying with Leticia and Al in Colorado Springs while visiting Landon for holidays and I think every other summer or something like that. Now I'm gonna start a couple days before Gannon actually disappears because some of this stuff may seem random, but it actually becomes pertinent later on. So um, a couple days before Gannon disappears, Letitia takes a video of Gannon after an incident where Gannon accidentally spilt a candle while it was lit and it damaged the carpet. I'm gonna save you the clip because it is kind of upsetting, but in the clip you can hear Gannon in the background very upset, bawling, trying to keep it together. And Leticia is asking him, I'm gonna ask you one more time, did you do this on purpose or was this an accident? And he says, I pinky promise it was just an accident. And she starts saying, okay, cause I, you know, I'm freaking out that we could get kicked out of this place. And so now we're gonna have to sell something to fix the carpet. We could sell the sofa. Let's think of things we have to sell. And I'm, as I'm listening to it, I'm just getting really upset that she's putting this child in this situation. He already feels bad enough that he accidentally spilt a candle damaging the carpet, but to make him feel 10 times worse about it, just to me, there were obviously some issues going on in the home between their relationship. And I wonder what her thought process was behind recording this interaction. Why bother recording this interaction? It almost seems like maybe she was accidentally recording herself, but she uses this information in this video later on. So again, why would you even bother recording this? I don't know. She, she didn't share it with anybody. She literally saved it in her phone until she later, later gave it to authorities. So let's go ahead and just dive right into the timeline. January 27th of this year, Gannon disappears. At 6.55 p.m., El Paso County Sheriff's Office dispatch receives a call of a runaway child in the Lorson Ranch neighborhood. At 7.32 p.m., Gannon Stouch entered into state and national databases as an active runaway. So Leticia says that at around 3.15 to 4 p.m., Gannon says he wants to go to a friend's house. So that day, he had stayed home from school because he wasn't feeling well. And then later on that day, Leticia says that he wants to go outside and play with his friends. Now, there's some controversy there because a lot of people say, why would you let your child go out and play if he had been sick that day? And regardless of that, I just wanna say, you know, maybe he was feeling ill that day and started to feel better later. And so she was gonna let him go outside and play. None of this really matters because it wasn't true anyway. That was one of the first red flags that came up as to why her story wasn't really making any sense. So at first he's classified as a runaway because there were searches made on Gannon's phone that said, can your parents trace you if your phone is turned off? Initially, 
you know, they thought he was a runaway. He had also made comments that he had really been missing his mom. And then you also think back to that interaction about the carpet. Maybe he really did just want to get out of that house because he was terrified of Letitia or just really didn't like her, missed his dad, missed his mom. So it's not that far-fetched to think maybe he did run off. However, family that knew him best said it was very out of character for him to just run away. So Letitia's story is that around 3.15, between 3.15 and 4 p.m., he says he's gonna go to a friend's house to play. So then Letitia tells him, that's fine, we're just gonna abide by the streetlight rule. You know, once it gets dark and the streetlights come on, you need to be back home. So around 6 or 6.30, she starts to get concerned that he is not yet home. That is when people start getting concerned and they call the dispatch. The following day, Tuesday, January 28th, the case is turned over to investigators. Detectives conduct interviews, collect surveillance, follow up on additional leads, and while people are out searching for Gannon, Letitia is nowhere to be found. She says that she's doing an investigation of her own, but nobody knows where she's at, nobody's seen her, she's just kind of vanished. Wednesday, January 29th, the investigation continues, still no sign of Gannon, still no answers. And then finally on the 30th, they upgrade his case from a runaway to an endangered missing child. And they do this because one, the weather conditions were super cold, and two, he was under the age of 13, and three, he needed medication. So at this point, he's no longer considered a runaway, he's actually considered an endangered missing child. The next day, Friday, January 31st, Letitia offers to do an interview with a news station and she insists that this interview be done with her back facing the camera. And we're just gonna go ahead and talk about this interview. I am Tisha Stout, which is Gannon's stepmother. Uh, you've been a part of the investigation since the very first time. You were the last person to see him, is that right? Correct. Uh, what, what did you see when you last saw him? Well, I'm not allowed to talk about anything with the case. I would more so be willing to talk about how the community needs to have faith and continue to work together and not make these false accusations like the things that have been said that I've disappeared from the community. I haven't been there to help, but there's lots of reasons behind that. Uh, reasons like death threats, right? Right. Death threats are one of them. My family's getting lots of death threats. We counted over 20 some death threats already. Um, Two, my husband's ex-wife is living in our home and of course I'm not coming home to do these things and to help with the family when I was kind of like told I couldn't. Um, and then many other things that happened with the El Paso County Police Department, you know, and in doing the investigation, I was told I wasn't complying. And uh, could I elaborate on that? Please do. Yes, so I asked for an attorney during the interview uh, and I was denied that by them. I was held because they were blocking the door and I was told I couldn't leave and that if I would have touched them, they would have probably, you know, said I still wasn't complying or said I was, you know, trying to run away or something. But during the interview, I asked several times, could I stop the interview? Could I get an attorney? Could I stop the interview? Could I get an attorney? I was denied. I was told I couldn't get nothing to drink. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I mean, it was continuously that my constitutional rights were violated. And that's why you say that they said then you weren't cooperating with the investigation. That's why they said I wasn't cooperating at that time, correct. 
And why did you ask for an attorney at the time? Well, I asked for an attorney at the time because there was one individual, there was two really good detectives, and so I'm not you know, going to talk bad about detectives, but the tactics they started to get when I would answer questions, they try to, you know, they're detectives, they're supposed to twist, the one main goal is to find Gannon. But during that time, some of those things made me feel uncomfortable the way they were saying things. So I immediately stopped and felt like, felt like an attorney would help me with some of the vocabulary and things like that that I needed help with and understanding some of the things that they were asking. So I just want to pause it right here and talk about two screenshots that I found. One of them is from a sugar baby page where she created this profile where she's essentially trying to find rich men to supply her with some money and she supplies them with some company. I don't know. But anyway, her profile states, I am very athletic, attractive, and well-educated. And then in this other screenshot I found of a profile of hers, she talks about how she is a senior political science major and currently working at the UNCP Computing Center as a Brave Tech. She plans to teach law in the future and also volunteer to help local kids with their education and family problems. So if you plan to teach law, that would make me think that you've got some sort of background or interest in law. So why would you need help understanding the vocabulary and the questions that these detectives are asking you? To me, it sounds like maybe she thought they were on to her, she feels the heat, so she decides, I need to lawyer up. But if she says that, then that implies that maybe she is guilty. So rather than say that, she says, oh, I just wanted them to help me understand some of these questions because this vocab is just too tough. Let's continue. I'm gonna shift gears to what has become a huge online presence of people right. obviously trying to do the right thing, mm -hmm. help find Gannon. But at the same time, sometimes it just feels like rumor mongering. Have you seen any of those comments yourself? We have. And see, that's one of the main things we haven't been around in the public eye because we did, I didn't want to expose my family to it if all these things were going on. You know, there was comments about Gannon getting pushed off the hike and there was comments about this and that's just not true. I took care of Gannon for the last two years in our home because his mother didn't want to do it. How dare you talk about this child's mother like that when the child is missing? The audacity, when I heard her say that, my blood started to boil. Regardless of what the mother ever did in the past, whatever Gannon had gone through, there ultimately came a point where she decided that Gannon was better off with her father. She agreed to that. A judge didn't decide that, they decided that mutually. That was a decision that his mom made. So whatever she was struggling with, you know, addiction or family problems or mental problems, whatever, she decided that she needed to concentrate on those and that Gannon was in better hands with Letitia and his father than with her. And I applaud her for that because as a child who was raised by a mom who had issues with addiction and alcoholism, I can only imagine how hard it was for her to admit that maybe Gannon was better off in someone else's hands. So not only that, but this child is missing and you have the audacity to go on national television and say, oh, I took care of the kid whenever she didn't want to. You've got to be kidding me. How ruthless, vindictive, and evil can you be in a time like this when when that woman's son is missing and you were the last person to see him and know where he is? She's obviously concerned and she's out here now and that's what you're gonna say? You're gonna throw that out there out of nowhere? I'm sorry. It just makes me so heated because the second I heard that, it was like, boom, red flag. And 
I would never, never, ever hurt this child. And I know there's some questions out there about, okay, so tell me what happens. That's up to the investigations when they end up letting you guys know, but I've cooperated with them. How does it feel when not only you have a lost child who you are in care of, but then people blaming you for that child not being there? You know, I, I'm just ready for Gannon to come home. Most importantly for him to see his family, but second, I am going to be so ecstatic when I'm able to say to people that I hope they have a really sincere apology for all these theories that have came out online, for all the things they said that I have done or people have done. I just want everyone to know that we're going to find Gannon, and I love him so much. I have helped taking care of him for so long. You hope people have a sincere apology for you? You think that's the first thing that they're going to think? Oh, thank God Gannon's home. Man, we really owe that chicken apology. Like, if Gannon came home, I imagine their first reaction would be, let's take care of Gannon. What does Gannon need? How can we help this child? I don't think ever anyone's first reaction would ever be, oh man, we really did that stepmom dirty. And how appalling is it that that is her first reaction? It's all about her. She can't wait for Gannon to come home so that she can be commended and applauded for her efforts as the stepmom. It just makes me sick. That's her first reaction. She's obviously so obsessed with herself and her image and defending herself on social media, as we'll talk about in a second, because of course I have more screenshots of the things that she was spewing on Facebook. Can you talk to me a little bit about him? I don't know him. Gannon is so kind and he loves to play video games. That's one of his favorite things. He loves Sonic and Mario and you know, he's always helpful and I, he was always so helpful. Did you hear that? That little stutter where she tried to correct herself after saying he was so helpful around the house, past tense. One thing I've learned after watching so many countless crime shows is that the person who is guilty often starts talking about the victim in past tense because they know unlike anyone else, that the victim is dead. And I, he was always so helpful with the dogs around the house and we have two little cute dogs and he was always like a person I could say, Gannon, can you go do this? And he would do it right away. You know, sometimes with kids, we have to remind them and things like that and that's okay. But he was so sweet and able to help anyone. He could notice when you're sick and say, are you okay? And such a kind heart. So this is her chance to kind of wrap up the interview, say any last parting words. And the first thing she says is, am I still on camera? And then as she starts talking, you can hear that in her voice, her tone, she can she answers as if she's just giving these scripted answers. Like, well, I'm on television, so this is what I'm gonna say. Do you feel like I asked you what I need to? Do you feel like this is gonna help kind of turn the tide of what feels like a witch hunt in my opinion? I hope, is, am I on camera now? You are okay, still. Okay, okay. Um, I think that a lot of people can see that I'm not missing and see that I am being cooperative. And But to me, it's okay that they think those things because my the way someone thinks about me, I don't have a problem with that. So this is her chance to leave one more message for Gannon. We're wrapping it up. He says, the interview says, is there anything you'd like to say to Gannon? And this is what she says. Any message for Gannon? The message for Gannon I have is, Gannon, when you get here, you'll be able to truly tell what happened. And then I really hope I get a sincere apology from everyone who has made all those things, especially from my husband. Oh my God. She can't wait for him to come home so that people can start apologizing to her. Unbelievable.
real. If my child was missing, the last thing I would be doing is wasting my time answering these types of questions. I would absolutely focus this entire interview if I had the chance to get on television in front of hundreds of thousands or now millions of people. What I would be saying is, let's keep the focus on Ganon. Where's Ganon? Let's find Ganon. I would be searching through the ends of the earth to find my child or my stepchild. I've actually blown away. I feel like this interview is what really started throwing red flags all over the field. This is I haven't seen anything like this since Chris Watts. This is the female Chris Watts. So before, during, and after this interview, people are going wild on Facebook and social media, basically slamming her, accusing her of knowing where Gannon is and having done something to him. And just a few days later on February 3rd, their neighbor Roderick Drayton comes forward with surveillance footage from his own home security system. It shows Leticia leaving the driveway in her truck with Gannon and it shows Gannon getting into the truck and then leaving and then it shows her coming back to the house and Gannon doesn't doesn't exit the truck or at least we can't see him exit the truck. Now there has been a lot of controversy about this video. A lot of people do believe that Gannon you know didn't come home with them or isn't in the truck but I am here to tell you that whether he was in the truck or not it actually doesn't really matter because we know now that what happened to Gannon happened inside the home, not away from the home as this video would suggest. And I would also like to add that this neighbor's security footage as well as other neighbors in the neighborhood who have home security systems, none of those video cameras picked up Gannon ever leaving the home. So that was one of the first things that kind of broke apart Letitia's story, was that she said he left between 3.15 and four o'clock to go play with a friend, but nobody's camera caught him leaving, so. That was a lie. And it's also worth noting that a few days later, she was questioned by authorities. Her story completely changed. And I don't know why this hasn't been talked about more in the vlogs that I've seen or the stories that I've read, but this story reminds me so much of Casey Anthony. Remember when Casey Anthony's daughter went missing and she went and just lived her best life? And then finally, when her parents started probing, where is your daughter? Where's Kaylee? Provide Kaylee, we need to know where she's at. Then she comes up with this big elaborate story about Zenaida the nanny. And that's a whole nother vlog that maybe we'll talk about someday. Maybe not, cause I freaking hate her. But anyway, it's similar to this story because Letitia comes up with this really bizarre scene and I'm gonna describe it according to what is written. On the day Letitia was interviewed by the El Paso County Sheriff's Office, arriving two hours after she was scheduled to meet with deputies, according to the affidavit. In that interview, Letitia claimed that the day before Gannon went missing, she had met a Hispanic man named Eduardo while driving around the neighborhood. He was working at a nearby construction site, Letitia told authorities, and she had asked him to help her take care of a rug that Gannon had allegedly ruined with candle wax. So I wonder, if she recorded that interaction with Gannon and the, the ruined rug because she was going to use it later for this story that she had concocted. See, it all kind of ties together, indicating premeditation. But she goes on to say, Letitia next saw Eduardo the following day, she told police when she walked into her home and found him inside with a gun drawn. Eduardo held her in the basement at gunpoint for a few minutes, claimed Letitia then let her go to greet her stepdaughter when she came home from school. So <laughs> this 
intruder is like holding her at gunpoint and then she's like, oh, my kid's home. Can I at least go say hi? And he's like, yeah, sure, but come right back. And she comes up, she goes upstairs, says hi to her kid and then comes back down to this intruder, not at any point letting her child know that there is an intruder in the home. Sure, Jan. She did not, of course, reveal why he let her leave the basement of the home and go upstairs without following her or why she didn't run for help or call 911 once she had broken free of the armed intruder. When she returned, because she returned downstairs to the intruder, she says that Eduardo vaginally penetrated her against her will. During this period, she believed that she had hit her head and may have blacked out. Investigators noted no injuries on Letitia's head during their contact with her. And it was during this attack that Letitia claims Gannon jumped on Aguardo's back and Aguardo was able to throw Gannon off his back and across the room. Aguardo then demanded Letitia give him a suitcase while he had the gun held to Gannon. Letitia told deputies she gave him a suitcase and a cardboard box, at which point he attempted to sexually assault her again, but she hit her head and blacked out again. Letitia then straightened up the scene of her rape and Gannon's abduction, waiting hours to notify authorities according to the affidavit. At the end of her interview, Letitia told deputies she was feeling ill, but declined to have a rape kit done at the hospital. Because why would you get a rape kit done if you hadn't actually been raped? And why would you tell police that he ran away if you knew he had actually been abducted? Nowhere in the affidavit did it say that this guy threatened her life or Gannon's life if she went and told the cops. She just decided on her own that she was gonna tell them that he ran away. So her story keeps changing. This is just the first time that it changed. But I mean, this is a big change. This is a huge veer from her original story. So speaking about the possibility of premeditation, there have been documents released from the search that they did on Letitia's computer where they found a lot of Google searches and we're just gonna go through a few of them. On January 25th, two days before Gannon goes missing, she searches on Google, find real military singles. And again, parenting should be four people, not one. I'm over doing all the work for my stepkids and their mom doesn't help. She's searching this on Google. Like, I, is that how people search on Google? <laughs> I just feel like that's kind of weird. She searches mom advice from stepmom. And she also searches again on the same day. If you aren't involved in your kid's life, you are shitty. My husband's ex-wife does nothing for her kids. I wonder if my husband's ex-wife is sending me a card since I raised her kids. I wonder if my ex-husband or if my husband, I wonder if my husband's ex-wife is sending me a Valentine's card since I raised her kids. This one's a little ominous. Two days before Gannon goes missing, she searches, one day some people will wish they treated you differently. Um, I don't know that people are wishing they treated her differently. I think people are wishing they never met her. And even further, that maybe she just was never born. Another search says, why should my husband choose me over family? If you are so narcissistic and conceited enough that you think your husband should choose you over his own children, girl, girl. And I know it's not just girls that sometimes think this. I know guys sometimes think this too. If you really think you're special enough to be chosen over someone else's family, just move on. That, that question or that theory or idea should not even ever be a thought. Under no circumstances should someone ever choose someone over their own children or their own family. Absolutely not. So because of this and other evidence that was found in the home, 
Police believed that there was a violent crime that occurred in the home and that Letitia was the main perpetrator of this incident. According to the affidavit, there was blood splatter on the walls and enough blood loss to stain his mattress, soak through the carpet, through the pad, and then stain the cement below the carpet. The affidavit states that she then ordered Gannon's younger sister, Lena, to play outside when she returned home from school a short time after the incident probably occurred. They're guessing that Gannon was probably attacked around 2 p.m. When Letitia's own daughter returned home that day, she sent her to the dollar store. Once there, Letitia texted her daughter Harley asking for carpet cleaner, trash bags, and baking soda. So this would have given her enough time to clean up the scene before finally admitting to authorities that Gannon was missing, that he had run away. There is no suggestion in the affidavit that either sister knew what happened to her brother in the affidavit, but according to the affidavit, Lena provided an interview to the police, but Harley has not yet done so. So police believe Letitia moved Gannon's body shortly after the incident when people were searching for him and then again moved him further away once she actually left Colorado. So the search continues for well over a month and finally on March 2nd, Letitia is arrested in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. She was likely there staying with family since she was originally from South Carolina, um, probably knew that she wasn't really wanted back in Colorado. So she at some point went back to South Carolina, but was eventually arrested. And the counts include first degree murder of a child under 12 by a person in a position of trust, child abuse resulting in death, tampering with a deceased human body, and tampering with physical evidence according to El Paso County Sheriff Bill Elder. Now, the interesting thing about this is they charged her with first degree murder, but at this point, they still hadn't had Gannon's body. As we now know, there was enough blood splatter and blood evidence on his mattress, carpet, and cement under the carpet that indicated there was probably a very slim chance of survival from that type of blood loss, leading them to believe that Gannon is in fact dead and that that would be sufficient evidence to prove that he is dead. And that's why they went forward with the first degree murder charge, even though they didn't have his body. But then just a few weeks later on March 20th, Gannon is found in Pace, Florida. Gannon's body was allegedly found on the side of the road by a construction worker. He was stuffed into a suitcase, absolutely awful. And due to the condition of his body, it brought nine additional charges on Letitia, including committing a crime of violence and an enhanced charge that would be used to increase punishment. Um, and then eight additional counts of crime of violence for the alleged use of a firearm, a blunt instrument, a knife, or other sharp object. They wouldn't go into detail as to what they thought happened to Gannon. According to the condition of his body, these are the charges that they believe Letitia deserves. So this story is just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, as of now, the latest updates have been that Letitia has tried to escape jail. She tried working with a fellow inmate and offering to pay her to help her escape. Um, and so that's been an additional charge, just add them to the list. And as of three weeks ago, Letitia could actually be moved to a state hospital where she is going to be evaluated to see if she is fit enough to stand trial to, I guess, evaluate her mental capacity to see if she is capable of understanding the roles of each person in this trial and the vocabulary they're gonna use and things of that nature. I really hope that 
this doesn't turn into a case where she's able to claim that she's insane or whatever just to get a lesser sentence. I really hope that she is punished to the absolute fullest extent of the law. This person is an evil onion, manipulative, vindictive, just awful. She deserves to be put away for life. So to finish up, my heart just breaks for this situation. This was completely unnecessary. I feel awful for Gannon, for his family, for his biological parents and his sisters. Um, this is just such an unnecessary loss and my heart just breaks for them. Um, I also wanna talk about the effect that social media played on this case because I do think that some of the things that were being said on social media kind of offered a little bit of a hindrance to this case. There was no chance Gannon was going to be found alive. We know that now, but there were so many theories being thrown around on social media and different accusations and ideas or theories or whatever that were thrown out there that I do think it could have been a little bit distracting. And so I can see why authorities got a little frustrated at how people were talking on social media because I do think it kind of deterred them from actually finding Gannon. Um, you know, I believe that people, they just want to help. When people are offering these suggestions or these ideas or whatever, they're talking on social media, a lot of the time it's a passionate emotional response. But I do wonder if it kind of hinders her right to a due process because a lot of jurors probably are familiar with this case, meaning that her case may need to be tried somewhere else. Um, I don't know. Again, my concern is not about her or her safety or her well-being. My concern is the ability for the prosecutors to try her justfully and achieve what they're going for to prosecute her to the fullest extent of the law. So I don't know if that's gonna play any part. If you have any ideas or if you're more familiar with the laws in Colorado or just how these things work, I would absolutely appreciate if you would leave your opinions in the comments because I wanna know what you have to say. So that is it for the case of Gannon. Um, Again, I wish it would have ended much differently, but unfortunately, this is where we're at. Uh, I'll update with another video once the trial has started. Again, it's probably gonna be delayed because they're testing her mental fitness to withstand trial. And then of course, everything else is delayed because of COVID. But um, next week, I plan on making a video about Chris Watts. I put a poll on my Instagram. If you don't follow me, I'll put my little tag right here. Um, but I put a poll on my Instagram and a lot of you voted to do a story on Chris Watts. So um, that is a story very similar to this one. So um, I hope you'll join me for that as well. Until then, take care and thank you for watching.